Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you here this morning. I'm going to open in a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for each person that's here. We're thankful that we can lift your name in praises and hear your word. I do pray, Lord, um, as uh, the youth ministry is planning a mission trip for this summer, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, press upon the hearts of those who uh, should attend and uh, I'm just thankful, Lord, that we have the opportunity to, uh, to go and spread your word into different places. So we're just thankful again uh, for the youth ministry and for the leadership, Pastor Steve and all the youth leaders, and we just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, lead and guide them. I pray now this morning as we study your word that uh, inspires us to, um, to put your words into practice, to put your wisdom into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today, our topic from Proverbs is good sense. So let me break this down by definition. Good is possessing or displaying moral virtue, and sense is a sane and realistic attitude to situations and problems. So we could say this about good sense, if we meld those things together, is making the morally right decisions when situations and problems arise. I'm sure that you all want to do that, right? You want to make morally right decisions when situations and problems arise. Now, the Proverbs speak about sense and good sense multiple times. So what we're going to do is first we're going to look at the benefits of having good sense. And like many of the Proverbs, it gives us the juxtaposition, which basically, in other words, is here are the benefits of good sense, and here is the detriment or the consequence of not having good sense, or in other words, bad sense, right? So then we're going to learn how do we gain this? How do we gain this good sense? How do we put this into our lives? So the first benefit of having good sense is having a good reputation. If you have good sense, you have a good reputation amongst other people. Look at Proverbs 12, 8. It says this, A man is commended according to his good sense, but one of twisted mind is despised. Then Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. These verses deal with reputation. Commended and winning favor versus despised and ruining your life. Most of us want a good reputation, right? Most of you want a good reputation. And part of that reputation comes from having good sense. No one wants to be known as the crazy, the weird, the foolish person because that is a negative impact, right? People see us as the person who makes bad decisions, the person who's foolish, the person who's crazy, the person who's weird. And not only does that affect our reputation, but everyone who is connected with us. So we can bring embarrassment and shame to our family and friends. I mean, think about it this way. Everybody that you're connected, if you don't have good sense, everybody that you're connected to is kind of like, uh, you know, if you are an employer, right? And you have an employee who has bad sense, who does not have good sense, eventually you come to the conclusion, you're like, ah, oh, this guy or this gal, like, I don't know. But then here's what happens, right? Everybody who sees that person that's working for you looks at you and you're like, ah, oh. they're like, you hired that person? You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I did. I don't know if any of you have been in that situation before. But yeah, if somebody does not have good sense, it reflects on everybody around them. But not only the people around them, 
But actually, if you're a believer and you don't apply good sense or you don't have good sense, it actually causes harm to the name of Christ. So we don't want to be despised or we don't want to ruin our lives. So some of you have heard of Christians with bad reputations. Maybe, maybe that might be even you, a Christian with bad reputation. Well, here's what happens. People normally latch on to those Christians, right, and use them as the general example. Have you seen this before? Oh, I don't like Christians, or I don't think Christianity is valid, or I think Christians are all hypocrites, because this guy or gal at work is a Christian, and they act like this or that. So our reputation does speak very loudly to the people around us. When we display good sense, though, we have a good reputation. When we're commended and we win favor among people, and therefore we represent Christ in a positive way. Now, Peter reminds us in the New Testament, and he says this. He says, For this is the will of God, that doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So there's always going to be people that are against the cause of Christ. They're going to be against Christianity. They're going to be against, right? So let's just paint a picture here. You got the non-Christian that's against Christianity. Then you got the non-Christian that's just kind of like a bystander, right? You know those people like that? They're not for Christianity. They're not against it. They're just kind of like, you know, looking around, right? And then you have you, the Christian. And you are trying to apply good sense and wisdom to your life. So now you got the non-Christian person that's going against you. Maybe they wage attacks. Maybe they mock you. Maybe they do all these things. You have some decisions to make, right? Should I apply good sense and, re and reply to them the way the Lord desires me to? Remember we talked about last week, we're supposed to pray for our enemies uh, pray for those who persecute you. Love those people. So let's say you apply all those things in the face of that person. Well, it might have an impact on that person, right? But, you know, a lot of times the people that are really against and stuff like that, they're hard to win over. But guess who it's going to impact? It's going to impact that, that person that's kind of like the bystander, right? The person that's looking, they're like, wow, that person, you know, that other person treated them so badly and they didn't respond the way that that person expected them to respond. In fact, they didn't even respond the way that I expected them to respond. They responded almost like they have a higher calling. Something different is in their life. Well, the next benefit of, of having good sense is it displays self-control. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. You know people that fly off the handle when they get angry? If you, maybe that's you, okay? Maybe you're that type of person. But, you know, when sometimes people get angry because of something that someone else did. And, and here's what they do, right? Here's the people that get angry based upon what other people do say something like this. You made me angry. Right? And, and you're like, okay, yeah, I've said that before. Or I've heard somebody say that before. But the, the truth is, 
your anger and your outburst of anger is really your responsibility. So people are going to do things, and they're always going to do things. I mean, whether it's on the road, whether it's at work, whether it's your kids, whether it's your spouse, whether people are always going to do things that kind of push your buttons. But you really are in control of how you respond to that. Now think about this for a second. When you see or witness somebody that flies off the handle, that's given to their anger and they just go kind of crazy and ballistic, what's the first thing you think? Are you like, that's cool? Are you like that? Or are you like, there's a lunatic for you, okay, right? I would hope you would say the latter, okay? There's a lunatic for you. See, this person obviously is not looking at things clearly. But when we have good sense, we evaluate the situation or the problem. And rather than flying off the handle or acting like a lunatic, we think about what is the morally right response. So what if someone does make you angry or cause you to anger? What if someone does or says something that kind of makes you feel angry and do things or say things that you, you probably shouldn't do. Well, have you ever heard of this, the unsent angry letter? Have you ever heard of an unsent angry letter? Okay, if you haven't, you probably sent it, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> Leaders such as Abe Lincoln, Harry Truman, Winston Churchill, they've all practiced this over history time. This is not in the Bible. This is just kind of like an extra little tidbit, right? So they practice. When someone does something that angers you, write them a letter, put it on your desk, put it on your dresser, go to sleep, get up the next morning, read the letter, rip it up and throw it away. Okay? Why would you do that? Well, there's things that you need to get off your chest. And sometimes when we lack self-control, what happens is, is we get it off our chest. And then we make matters worse. But if you get it off your chest by, say, a letter and then you never actually give it to that person, here's what you're actually doing. You're actually get, getting it off your chest. As a Christian, you're giving it up to the Lord, and you're not spouting out against that person, right? You're not spouting out against that person. More times than not, when you wake up the next morning and you read that letter, you're like, man, what a dope I was. Why would I, why would I say that? Why would I say these things to that person? See, this proverb says, it's to our glory to look over an offense, okay? It's to his glory to overlook an offense. You know what that means? That means forgiving someone, overlooking what they've done. And, you know, I know what the world says. The world says, well, this person did this, so you should hit back. You should say this back. But the scriptures say the self-control, the good sense, it's to your glory to actually overlook it and to actually forgive someone else. Things that cause us to normally retaliate for us to say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Good sense tells me here that I should display self-control. This is very important, especially if you're in charge of other people. Okay, those of you that are parents here, you're in charge of other people. You need to display self-control. Think about it this way. Do you want your leaders of your country to have self-control? I would hope so, right? Because if they don't, we could really be in trouble, right? 
if we lack self-control. If something makes them angry and they make a decision that could affect all of us. So think about this. If you're at work and you're in, you're in charge of other people, your self-control or your good sense could actually help or harm someone else. The next benefit of having good sense, this is my personal favorite, and this is it repels fools. If you have good sense, it repels fools. Listen to what this proverb says. It says, do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. I'm personally not a big fan of foolish people, okay? I don't know if you are, but I'm not a big fan of foolish people. And the best thing you can do when you're dealing with someone who's foolish is take every opportunity to speak wisdom into their life, to speak good sense in their life. Here's where the win-win is. Because either they listen, they change their ways, and they start to reap the benefits, so job well done, right? You got to actually help somebody change. Or like this proverb says, they'll despise your good sense of your words. So guess what? They don't want to be around you anymore. So you repel them. So it's a win-win for you, right? Either they change and they become a person with good sense or you're like, I don't need to deal with that fool anymore. So good sense tells you, you know what? It kind of repels foolish people. They don't want to hang out with you. Have you ever noticed that fools kind of congregate together, okay? They congregate together because they're all foolish and they're like, high five, high five, we're all foolish. But then the good sense person comes in, they're like, we don't like that guy, we don't like that girl, they always want to teach us something, right? They always want us to learn something. So here's what happens when we don't repel fools in our lives. Here's what happens. It makes us foolish. This is what the Proverbs say. Answer a fool, according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Think about that for a second. If you continue to interact with foolish things and foolish arguments and continue to give voice to the fools in your life, they're like, I'm kind of in the conversation, okay? Like, I belong here. Well, here, here's the problem. It actually makes you foolish when you give them that voice. Now, next benefit of good sense is this. It brings life. Proverbs 16.22 uh, says, Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. Proverbs 21.16 says, One who wanders from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly of the dead. We know that when things go well in life, we should give God praise, glory, and credit. It's credit due to him. But because we have free will, there's a certain degree of good sense on our part, right? There's a certain degree of good sense on our part. This is why the Proverbs talk so much and teach so much about good sense. So the question is this, do you want to live a life that's useful, successful, helpful, and with purpose? That's truly living, right? That's truly living life, a life that actually has purpose. Or do you want to live a life of folly, of ruin, of harm, of possible untimely death? In some senses, this proverb is talking about because you don't have good sense. So here's the thing. When you apply good sense to your life, you truly actually live your life 
in the way that God desired. So now that we have these benefits of good sense, hopefully you desire to pursue it. And that's what we're really going to talk about next. And we're going to answer this question. How do we gain good sense? How do we gain good sense? If, if, if you're asking this question, you're on the right road, okay? Because you're like, okay, I want to be a person that has good sense. Ultimately, good sense comes from God's wisdom. And we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. Good sense comes from God's wisdom. It says this. Does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand, beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud. So just so you understand this, wisdom is personified as a woman. So God's wisdom is being personified as a woman calling out. In some senses you can say like, Think of this as a mother calling out to her children, okay? We have a lot of moms here, right? Moms and dads, both alike. We want our kids to be wise, but this is personified as a woman calling out. So think of you moms here. It's like calling out to your kids from a very young age. Where do you start, right? Clean up your toys, clean up your toys, clean up your toys, eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables. And you're constantly, we talked about parenting a couple weeks ago, right? You're constantly you know, crying out to your children. Why? Because you can't stand them? No, because you want them to have good sense. You want them to have wisdom. Kids here, your moms and dads are not bothering you, okay? They're trying to help you to have good sense, to have good wisdom. So you're crying out. Wisdom cries out and says, please do this this way. This will be helpful for you. I want the best for you. You don't understand it right now how much I love you, but I really do, and I want the best for you. I'm not trying to squelch all your fun. I'm trying to help you so you can live a life that's pleasing to the Lord and one that has purpose. So it goes on. What does wisdom cry out? To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O oh, fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wisdom cries out, foolish people learn sense. Listen to what the wisdom of God is. God's word utters out truth. Well, what's the truth? What is truth? Well, the truth is, that we have a God who loves us. The truth is, we are sinners that upset the God who loves us. But instead of the God who loves us taking it out on us, he actually was willing to give up his one and only son, Jesus, to die in our place for our sins. Three days later, Jesus rose from the grave to prove that he's God, prove that he can offer salvation. The scriptures tell us this, all who believe will have eternal life. That is the truth of the gospel, that is the truth that God's word gives us. So now, as believers in Christ, if you believe that you are a believer in Christ, wisdom cries out, and we find that wisdom in God's word. One of the things you'll notice here, especially if you're newer here, the message that you hear each week is always rooted in God's word because that is the truth. 
The truth is, guys, we don't look around and say, oh, what other books can we find? Okay? What are they saying? What's the latest self-help? What's the podcast say? What's this say? We look to the scriptures because in the scriptures, we find truth. That truth starts with Jesus, but then it permeates the rest of our lives, how we live each day. When we trust in Jesus, we come to our spiritual senses. Why? Because now we're not confused about purpose. We're not confused about life. We're not confused about what's right or wrong. Here's what's going on right now. Have you noticed this in our culture? Well, whatever you think is right, whatever you think is right. Whatever you think is wrong, whatever you think is wrong. We make our own rules. Let's get a bunch of people together and make our own rules and judge for ourselves. That's not what the scriptures teach. Do you realize this? Sometimes you will open the scriptures, find out that something is wrong and sinful, and you're like, wait, I like that thing. I, I want to do that. Or everybody else is doing that. How is God saying that's wrong? Well, guess what? Whether you like it or not, that is the truth. I mean, there's going to be plenty of times where you open up the Bible and you're like, I don't really like what I'm reading. But the truth is, that's the truth. So we don't base our lives on our feelings. We base it on truth. And then what happens is when we come to our spiritual senses, we start to say, oh, so that's why God wants it that way. That's why God desires us to live that way. We see and we start to know and understand what true love is. Greater love has no one than this. And someone would lay down their life for his friends. That's what Jesus has done for us. So we see and we know and we understand and we learn good sense from looking at the wisdom of God. And not only that, the example of Jesus when he lived on this earth, when he interacted with other people. We see wisdom here in the flesh. Not only that, we learn good sense from what God's Word teaches us daily. And like I said, I think it was last week or the week before, I've been banging on this drum for years and years, right? You need to be in God's Word. You need a steady diet of God's Word. At some point in your day, you need to make time for the Lord. So we gain good sense by looking at God for wisdom. But as I was studying this topic, I was thinking, okay, God's wisdom, truth, okay, are we done now? Like, is that it? And as I was studying, I came across this verse that really made me understand that we sharpen our good sense by actually working. Now, track with me for a little bit here. This is what the Proverbs say. Proverbs 12, 11 says, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. So in other words, we learn good sense by working, and if we spend our lives pursuing worthless and unproductive things, we start to lack sense. And here's how it works. It makes so much sense. Because remember when God created Adam and Eve? Before Adam and Eve sinned, what did, what did God say for Adam and Eve to do? He told them to work. Tend the garden. So God created a man and a woman, and he put them in a perfect garden. He said, tend the garden. Some of you are like, I don't like yard work, right? Well, here's the thing. They were in a perfect garden, but their, their job was to work and be fruitful and multiply. So now we have 
in God's economy, he created man and woman to work. He did not create people to live with no purpose. He created them to work. So then I thought to myself, like, what were they, like, why, okay? Why? Well, I think the reason why is because they learn from their work. God could have had them just sit there and look around and be like, this stuff's cool. But he said, work it. So work gives us an opportunity to test what we learn from the Lord. To interact with others and test, we learn. We learn how things make sense and what doesn't make sense and how to apply good sense. So let's look at a few Proverbs about work because work actually teaches us, which essentially sharpens our good sense. So the first thing that work teaches us is work brings return. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good and the work of a man's hands comes back to him. When we go to work, right? we realize there's return, okay? It's transactional relationship. That's the first thing, right? That's why you get a job. I need money. The obvious is money, provisions. I go to work so I get a return so that I could live in this world. But do you realize this? Work also brings fulfillment, satisfaction, and encouragement. And some of you are like, not my job. Um, well, here's the thing. Work also brings fulfillment, satisfaction, and encouragement. This is why I think it's important for teenagers to work, right? Because you have a teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old, and they get a job, right? And they get a little money, and they're like, yeah, you know, I got my own money. But what else happens at work? They start to interact with other people. They're like, that guy at work seems a little crazy, or that person's a little nice. You know what I mean? They, they start to interact with the world, right? And they start to see what makes good sense and what doesn't. They start to learn these things. You know, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. When we would go on youth group trips, we'd always do, you know, and the youth group still does the same thing. You pull into the supermarket and you're like, okay, kids, everybody get out, get your snacks, right? So everybody goes into the supermarket. You could always tell the kids that worked, and you could always tell the kids that their parents just handed them money. Buy their grocery bag, okay? Buy their grocery bag. What snacks? You know, the kids that their parents gave them money, they would get all kinds of crazy stuff that they always wanted and they never could get because mom and dad were around, yeah. right? <laughs> the kids that worked for it was like, I worked pretty hard for this money. I'm not buying all that garbage, right? They maybe buy some snacks, but not as many as the kids who didn't work. So the kids who work, they learn the benefit, this return, okay? So I know some of you younger kids here are like, oh man, my mom and dad's gonna make me work now. <laughs> Good, okay? Good, I'm glad. They're gonna do the best thing for you by making you go get a job. And it's not about you paying for all your own stuff. It's about you actually learning the value and what work actually teaches you. So you learn when you work, there are returns. The sooner you learn, the better. That sharpens your good sense. Why do you think most self-made wealthy people have that gritty story, like I had nothing? Some of you watch the Shark Tank. You watch Shark Tank, you're like, I can be an inventor, right? So here's the thing. You watch that, and those people, like all those sharks, most of them have that gritty story, like I had nothing, right? And they worked and they saw the return. And guess what? They're frugal with the return because they worked for it. 
it made sense to them. It made good sense to them. And then they start to realize, like, okay, now, not only with this good sense, can I benefit, but I can actually help other people. They had the sense to realize that if I don't have anything, I have to work for the return. And when I get that return, I'm not going to be careless with it. But it's not only the return that we should be looking for. Because the next thing work does is it teaches us to rely on God. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Let me ask you a question. Are you struggling at work? I mean, today is Sunday. It's a beautiful day. You got the rest of the day, but tomorrow is Monday, right? I got to go to work. I can't believe it. Are you struggling at work? Well, work is hard because of the curse of sin. Do you realize that? By the sweat of their brow, they would work the land now. Okay? It got hard. Even people that love their work find times when their work is difficult. Even people that love their work find times when their work is difficult. So for the believer, here's what we need to do when we find those times. We need to rely on God. And you know what? Work having a place that you can consistently struggle at, right? You can learn to rely on God. Having this place, going to work, dealing with other people, dealing with systems and procedures and things that you deal with. In New Jersey, dealing with getting there, right? <laughs> on the parkway, right? You can realize the struggle, but then also realize, I can't do this alone. I got to rely on God. So he's saying, commit your work to me. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So here's what it also does though. Now you're at work, say 40 hours, maybe some of you are 50 or 60 hours a week, right? So you learn in that struggle, right? You learn in that struggle and guess what? You're going to have struggles in other areas. It's not just located to work, but you could test it and sharpen that good sense at work. So then when something else happens in another area of your life, that good sense spills over. Because if we look down the pike, we don't know. We don't know what the Lord has in store. It might be a health problem. It might be a health problem of a kid. It might be a relational problem. You, life is filled, right, with struggles. And in those struggles, we could say, I can handle it. Or we could say, I need to rely on God. So work gives you this opportunity. So when you go out to work, just look, okay, here's a struggle. How do I rely on God? How do I apply good sense and rely on God? Next, working keeps us productive. A worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. Have you ever noticed the busier you are, the more you get done? And I know that statement's so weird, right? Because obviously you're very busy, right? So you're getting more done. But have you ever noticed in life, you could be so busy, and then when you get home, you're like, okay, I have a punch list of things I need to get done home. And you get those things done at home. So you're very productive, and you just keep on being productive. But have you ever noticed those days you wake up and you're like, I really got nothing to do. And what'd you get done? Nothing, right? <laughs> because you probably did have some things to do but you just kind of got into this lazy kind of mindset of, I'm just going to hang here. And God does teach us to rest. You should be resting, obviously. You should be resting. But my point is, when you have a lot to do, here's what you do. 
You manage your time better. You manage your time better. Sometimes we do nothing or have nothing scheduled so we don't take care of anything. And having idle time can make you lazy. Finally, work gives us opportunities. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Now at work, here's what happens. We gain skills. We learn what makes sense. We learn what doesn't make sense. We have opportunities to apply our good sense. And when we do, we excel. We gain opportunities to move up. Think about this for a minute. Most notable people gain their notoriety through the work that they have do, they, they do or the work, the work that they've accomplished, okay? Most notable people, right, gain their notoriety through their careers, through their work that they do. That's kind of really true when you look at the landscape of human history. Rarely do we hear, oh, that famous homeless jobless guy, he's a real influencer. You ever hear that? No, maybe one or two, but it's rare. Most of the time, what happens is we gain influence. We can help lead people through the work that God has called us to. More than that, here's what going to work really gives the Christian. Because, you know, our main purpose and goal is not notoriety. That's not our main purpose and goal. Going to work gives us an opportunity to meet people you may never have met and have an impact on them for Jesus. The way we do that is being a person with good sense. So think about this for a second. You go out every day to this place you call work. And you know it's transactional. You know you're there for the money. But realistically, if you were just there for the money, if you didn't have the money, would you go? Would you do it? But now, all of a sudden, the Christian perspective is we can go there and we can have an influence. We can have opportunities to talk to other people, to sharpen other Christians up in our workplace, or not only that, be a light to the non-believers. So if you go to work and you don't have good sense, people are going to look at you like, what a fool. I'm not going to follow whatever they're following. I'm going to follow something different. So when you go, you have this amazing opportunity. You have opportunities, and I've said this before, you have opportunities that I can never have because of where God has placed you. With the good sense and the wisdom from the Lord, you can actually have an impact on the people that you work with. So we gain good sense by following wisdom from the Lord, and we sharpen that good sense by working. And when we apply good sense to our lives, guess what? There's benefits. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, for your wisdom. We pray, Lord, that we would be believers that are wise and have good sense, like your word says, so that we can have an impact on the people around us. I'm thankful, Lord, for all the people here that you've blessed with opportunities to sharpen the wisdom that you've taught them. I'm thankful again for each person that's here today. In Jesus' name we pray.